0: Hi, it's Grace from the CSC. I'm here today with Roger Dent, CEO of Quinsome Capital. Roger is a lover of small cap stocks and a graduate from Harvard Business School. The reason I wanted to meet with Roger today is because of his love for small cap stocks, and Roger started one of the first cannabis investment vehicles. Hi, Roger.
1: Hi, how are you today?
0: Good. Um, so I just want to get uh, started by asking you kind of about um, how, you, uh, how your ride into work was today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a nice day for a bicycle ride. Yeah. It's not too hot today.
0: Where are you biking from?
1: Uh, I come in from around Bathurst and St. Clair.
0: Oh, very nice. And are you, uh, have you been biking for a while?
1: Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, uh, Since since before the bike lanes were in on a lot of the streets. Oh
0: wow, that's a lot nicer with the bike lanes. Yeah, (laughs) I just started biking and. uh, I uh went out for my first ride and it, it's very dangerous. I wasn't wearing a helmet and I was like, "Oh, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going back out without one."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, helmets are a good idea.
0: Yeah, especially on the road. Um so I wanted to just talk to you also about your time at Harvard University, business school. How was that?
1: Sure. Well, that that was quite a while ago, but it's yeah. uh it's it's a great school and I'd recommend anyone going. It's uh it's a lovely place to spend a, a couple of years.
0: What was the reason for going to Harvard? Do you just um
1: Oh, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I applied, you know, along with a lot of other business schools and they said yes. So I thought, well, I might as well go. How
0: old were you when you applied?
1: <laughs> uh, I think I was about 23 or something like that. Wow. 24.
0: Wow. It was, it was a while ago. Uh, so I also understand that you've had some pretty high level positions after graduating Harvard, um, one of them being um, deputy head of research at uh, CIBC.
1: Sure. I uh, when, when I left business school, I started in investment banking at Woodgundy back in the 80s. Uh, I was in investment banking for a few years. And then uh, after a short time in what was called syndication, I moved into small cap research. And I've been doing small caps ever since, uh, I guess, about uh, 1991 or so. So coming up on uh, on 30 years uh, I was, soon.
0: I was born 92, so and I'm 27.
1: So, Full disclosure. Um, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) So uh, after uh, having been an analyst for uh, a period of time, uh, I got involved with the management of the research department as well. I was uh, deputy head of research at CIBC, then I moved to Yorkton where I was head of research. And for about five years, I was uh, in that function, looking over the research function, but continuing to do small cap research. Uh, and then... Uh,
0: but small cap research because you were asked to, or are you just, you have a love for small cap yeah, that was
1: my area of, of interest and, uh, and and the in the area where I built up my uh, expertise. And
0: why were you interested in small cap stocks?
1: Well, uh, I think they're the most interesting stories. Uh, small companies, just by virtue of the fact they're small, they can grow at faster faster rates than large companies. Uh, you know, the, the each small cap company tends to have its own interesting story. Uh, there's a lot more interesting aspects to small companies than large companies. So mm-hmm, yeah. uh, I, I like the fact that if I was a small cap, uh, analyst and I had fifteen different uh, companies. I would have fifteen completely different stories uh, you know with different industry dynamics and different you know things going on with the management teams and so on uh, you know rather than you know to take the other example of you know the forest products analyst who would spend all their day trying to figure out where plywood prices are going and that just <laughs> to me was not very interesting
0: <laughs> so what's one of the, the the most interesting stories you saw when you were? When you were doing research
1: oh boy that's uh that's there've been so there've been, there been many hundreds I, I would certainly say that you know the the most interesting stories that i've seen lately have been in the cannabis sector yeah you know i've been doing small caps for 30 years and i don't think i've ever seen uh a situation even going back to the so-called tech bubble of uh of dot com. Uh, the, the dot com area where a company could be formed Um, And for a relatively small amount of money, could create a business that actually had really significant cash flow generation potential.
0: And would you, one of the things I, I think about working at the exchange is like, what, you know, what is it, what would you recommend to a private company? Would you recommend them to go into venture capital, or would you would you recommend them to go public?
1: Well, I think it really depends on the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the public markets are very positive for companies that are ready to embrace the public markets. Hmm. Uh, and what
0: it, does that mean to be but, ready to embrace? The well, I think
1: market. you have to, first of all, be, be happy to be open and public about your business, yeah. you know, many uh, private companies uh, they 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 want to maintain their their privacy. They may want to maintain uh, family structures and family controls. Uh, you know, these sorts of things just really don't work in public companies. Hmm. Uh, you have to be well, uh, you know, willing to bring in the best people and and tell your story to investors and and uh, and 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 try to use the fact you're a public company to to further the business. You know, one of the great advantages of being public is that you have uh, a, a public currency to go out and make acquisitions and to uh, speed your growth. Mm. Uh, so, you know, if you're the sort of company that's looking for those sorts of things, which generally are the most interesting and exciting and and uh, and, and growing companies, that's great. Um, but if what you're really trying to do is just get a little bit of equity and and put up with being public, shall we say, then you probably shouldn't do it.
0: Great. And I want to hear more about that story right after we take a quick break from our sponsor.
1: Public Entrepreneur Magazine chronicles a bold and exciting new chapter in the Canadian Securities Exchange story. With over 500 public companies and share turnover measured in the billions, we're proud of our reputation as the exchange for entrepreneurs. Public Entrepreneur Magazine gets you up close and personal with a focus on topical stories and interviews with the charismatic entrepreneurs that make things happen. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to get your free copy available on the com.
0: And we're back with Roger Dent. Um, Roger, um, let's just get, I just want to go back to what we were previously talking about and mostly um, how you know, you say that some companies want to stay private for the privacy, but I'm seeing that so many cannabis companies went public and I would I would think that that you'd want to stay kind of private. Um, in being a, a company in the cannabis industry, why do you think that they decided to go public?
1: Well, I think the the cannabis space uh, has been quite unusual in a number of, of its aspects, but uh, uh, the public investment community uh, has embraced the sector. There are many people out there that understand the industry uh, and, uh, uh, and 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 are, and are excited about the growth potential and the profit potential, and for Companies to access these investors, it's really the only route that they can take. Um, uh, you know, the institutional community, because of the legal history, uh, has been very slow to move into the sector. The venture capital industry uh, has been slow for the same reasons. Also, they've had a you know a bias toward healthcare and toward technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in order to find the capital to grow, they they really had to go public. Hmm. Uh, so um, I think that's the uh, the key factor.
0: Great. Um, and so so starting one of the first cannabis investment vehicles. Obviously, when when can you remember the time that you were first introduced to the cannabis industry, and how did you feel mm-hmm. about it?
1: Well, uh, I, I I certainly remember the first time that I really uh, was introduced to the industry it was the uh, the the going public transaction for for what is now uh, Canopy. And uh, we had uh, a a brokerage relationship with the uh, broker that uh, had put together the CPC that uh, Canopy uh, went public with. And we were offered the uh, initial transaction. I think the price was $3 or something like that. And we said no, uh, because you know, didn't really understand at that stage, the profit potential and the valuation parameters that were possible and so on.
0: What did their deck look like? Like, was it just like, Um, you know, when they're pitching, you're just like, what is going on?
1: (laughs) I don't remember, to be honest, what the deck looked like. Yeah, Um, yeah. uh, But- You must have uh, just been
0: kind of- Yeah,
1: we we were very skeptical. Yeah. Uh, And there were times at the beginning where I thought, uh, even at the early stages, uh, the valuations were high. Uh, but obviously, that was many years ago. And, uh, you know, over a period of years, we've uh, come to know a, a lot more about the industry. And uh, the industry has moved a great deal, both in terms of uh, the, the regulatory framework, uh, but also the whole commercial models have moved forward very considerably. And, and obviously, it's, 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 it's expanded geographically in a significant way. Mm-hmm. You know, there was really no U.S., Potential uh, 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 that was really looked at as being in the cards when you know companies like Canopy got started. Really, uh, the, you know, the European potential was was not looked at very seriously.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Uh, and
1: now uh, people are you know coming to the point of view that this is really going to be a global industry. Uh, you know, in in perhaps all aspects, very very likely in 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 terms of the CBD portion of the business. Um, uh, and, you know, we've we've just, you know, seen the, the, the population uh, reach of the industry go from, you know, the Canadian population of, let's call it, 35 million to, you know, potentially billions of people.
0: Wow. Um, and so what do you think made Canopy so successful when they started out?
1: Well, I think they had the advantage of being the first mover. Uh, they uh, uh, were... Um, uh, early uh, in, in the public markets. They became the name that all investors knew and, and, and looked to uh, in the industry. Uh, and they had the advantage of having the public currency early, uh, using that public currency to raise uh, capital, to make acquisitions. Uh, You know, they really, you know, I would say did it right in terms of knowing how to be a public company and knowing how to use the advantages of being a public company to to create a more, you know, a stronger business. You know, there's I'm essentially certain that if Canopy had not gone public, it would be a fraction of what it is today in terms of its business.
0: Wow. Wow. Um, and so be starting one of the first cannabis investment vehicles, why did you want to do that like what
1: well uh you know we had been uh, uh operating as a diversified small cap uh entity uh for a few years. Uh, we had made some initial cannabis investments they'd worked out quite well for us. We were seeing uh, a lot of transactions in the cannabis space, and uh we thought that it would be better for our investors to have. A focus in the small cap space, uh, generalist small cap vehicles—they have more trouble finding uh, investor attention. So, in order to uh, 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 attract capital and uh, build interest in, in in our story, we decided to get 100% focused on cannabis.
0: Wow. Um, and are you looking to go into any other sectors?
1: Well, uh, you know, I, I do come from a diversified small cap background, uh, so I'm comfortable in, in, in you know, quite a few areas in a small cap space. Uh, at this stage, uh, we have no plans to move outside of cannabis. The uh, space is still very dynamic. Uh, there's a great deal of growth. There's still an ongoing uh, trend toward legalization that's bringing uh, uh, interesting investment opportunities and interesting upside to the sector. So uh, we have uh, no plan to do anything except cannabis at this point.
0: Well, I mean, there's a very, I just learned more about an interesting sector to me, which was esports. Currently, mm, it's mm-hmm. a. Do you know anything about esports?
1: Well, uh, you know, uh, Quinsome, um by virtue of of, of its its history, uh, we made an esports investment uh, quite a few years ago that oh. is still private, so we have not uh, sold it. So we still actually have it in the portfolio. What was that? It's uh, a company that goes by the name Pummel P M M M P M M L.
0: Oh my gosh! I, I'm speaking to. Yeah. so yeah. <laughs> you
1: know they are a um, uh, uh, kind of a merchant bank in esports. they've got a number of very interesting initiatives and we at Quinsom were one of the seed shareholders of that company oh. so uh, we have a, uh, a, a, a a meaningful but you know now that Quinsom has grown it's 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 not that material position in 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 the company yeah uh, but we've been you know following that that company since its inception um, and, uh, you know, esports, it's a, it's a very interesting business. Uh, uh, there's a lot of investor interest. Uh, I'm still not 100% sure how companies will be valued in this space over Same. the long term.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but uh, uh, the, 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 it, it is a very interesting space.
0: And, yeah, I just don't know how, what they would want, why they would want to go public. Like, it's, it's confusing to me.
1: This is the uh, esports. pummel you're referring no, no, no. to? No,
0: no, eSports companies, oh, like, I, in general. I, I, well, I think, uh,
1: you know, they go public for the same reasons that that, that many other companies go public. Uh, access to capital, uh, liquidity for investors, um, uh, building the brand. Uh, you know, the, the eSports companies, um, you know, depending on which one we're referring to, you know, they are, uh, they have a franchise, uh, they have a geographic uh, focus. They're trying to build their image uh, and attract fans and being public builds uh, I image. Guess, yeah. So uh, I think it's part of the marketing of the team, uh, but also uh, these esports teams, in some cases to secure a franchise, you have to pay franchise fees. Uh, you may have to go through a growth phase where there's negative cash flow. Uh, you know, like any growing business that needs cash, uh, you've got a certain set of alternatives and being public for... A, you know, a management team with the right attitude is a is a good way to go.
0: Well, maybe we'll see some more esports uh, in the Quinsome, uh portfolio down the line. But um, thank you for for coming in and talking with me today, uh, Roger. It was a, it was an absolute pleasure hearing more about the cannabis industry, especially from someone who started a, the first um, investment vehicles. Um, so we really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Oh, happy to do it. Thanks very much.
0: Hi, it's Grace from the CSC reminding you to make sure to follow us on social media for the latest updates on our listed companies as well as new listing alerts. For more in-depth content, be sure to pick up our free quarterly magazine, Public Entrepreneur, available online at (laughs) thecsc.com.